It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, what's going on? Jeff Mosher here from the Inside the Birds podcast. Listen, I am covering the Eagles on my own independent journalism route on patreon.com slash Jeff Mosher. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Jeff Mosher. You're going to get really in-depth coverage. You're going to get all 22 tape breakdowns, previews for games, recaps, scouting reports, inside information, the whole gambit. It'll be very comprehensive Eagles coverage for only a $1.99 a month. That's like six cents a day for great coverage you can't beat that also for every 100 subscribers i'm gonna donate ten dollars to the wounded warrior project listen there's no pop-up ads there's no distractions and the content you don't even have to look for it comes straight to you via email patreon.com slash jeff mosher check it out you're listening to the go birds pod a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds Well, we have insult, we have injury now, and bad has turned to worse for the Philadelphia Eagles. They fall to 2-3 and three after losing at home 23-21 to the Minnesota Vikings and then finding out 24 hours later that their best running back, Jay Ajayi, will miss the rest of the season after tearing his ACL. What has become of this season for the Eagles? Is it spiraling out of control or is it salvageable? We'll talk about that today on Inside the Birds. I'm Jeff Mosher alongside NFL Insider, Eagles Insider Adam Kaplan. We've got former Eagle, South Jersey legend Billy Osborne here. We welcome everybody listening to the Inside the Birds podcast, part of the Go Birds Network. Fellas, what's going to start it out right here? Bill, I'm going to start with you. The defending champs are (laughs) up against the ropes. Can they punch out? They can punch out. There's no doubt about that. But they gotta they gotta do some things differently offensively. I think they have to uh, really look at their play calling. Look at their becoming a little bit too one dimensional. In my opinion, I think it's putting too many hits on Carson. It's straining the offense too much, and it just has a ripple effect on their play calling. Defensively, they gotta get a little bit better with their tendencies and their and their and their. You know, I think that their tendency is one thing, and also the way that they are covering and getting beat inside constantly in man-to-man coverage, that's got to stop. And then special teams, you know, somebody's got to make a play. So I think, you know, if they can do a couple of those things, things will turn around. They have the veteran leadership. They've been there before, but they got to hurry. They, they, they can punch out, but they got to hurry. All right, Adam, you, what do you think? They can because this is a division that they should still win. And, and, and as I've said throughout, as long as you have number 11 behind center, you're going to be good eventually. 
This team, guys, is having major problems with dealing with adversity. Last season, the expectations were not as high, and they were the underdog. We know how they, they were able to take that moniker and take it to another level. This year, with the high expectations, they're not living up to them. I think they're really having trouble mentally dealing with it. They, they, they seem like a team that's wounded right now, mentally and figuratively. All right. The Eagles, in my estimation, are from 1 to 53, still about as talented as almost any team in the NFL. I'm going to put the Rams and the Chiefs right now in a different echelon because they are not only talented, but they're clicking. It's a long season. We'll see. But any other team that you mentioned outside of those two teams right now, I think the Eagles are absolutely in that echelon and can beat on any given day. The problem I see with this team right now, and Adam said they don't deal with adversity well, and I t- totally agree. And I, the problem that I see is that their adversity is so widespread. In other words, I watch tape after every game, just like you guys, and what I see is not one particular person, not one particular position group, not one area that is in need of fixing. I see little mistakes that become magnetized over the course of a 60-minute game. They compound. They add up. It's a little thing here. It's a little thing there. It's a breakdown here. It's a penalty there. It's a turnover here that by the end of the game, you look back and you say, if two or three of these things are cleaned up every week, they win. The problem is they're not being cleaned up. And that's what's going to open up this discussion right now is because it sounds like we all agree that the Eagles should be better, can be better, can still win this division, which is really, as Adam has jokingly called it and accurately called it, the NFC least right now (laughs) because there's really no team that has established itself. But they have so many little problems that they have been unable to resolve. And to me, when when I look at this team, Bill, I see a team that has no identity right now. You know, that, that to me is right there. So we're, we're gonna, you guys pointed out the adversity. If you're asking me, and I talked about this, and you, we do it on Twitter, to me it starts at the top. And I know back we started this podcast, we were talking about it'll be remaining to be seen what will happen with the coaching changes. And I remember Adam, because Adam's very close to the coaches. He understands. He's been around a long time. He knows what it means when you take a guy out of, a, of an area and you move him. And everybody says, oh, you still have the player. Yes, you do. But that relationship is important. You spend so much time with that person. I think we're seeing things that I am a little concerned about. And what I mean by that is it starts with Doug. Personally, I think this pass, pass, pass without even sprinkling in a run, is really hurting the offense and it has a ripple effect. Carson is getting hit way too much. The defense is teeing off on him. And then what happens is the offensive lineman who, who can run block or pass block, they're being, you know, they're being in a bad spot because the defensive line is just teeing off because they're not respecting the run. And I think when they're running the ball, they do it effectively, but they don't stay with it. And I think that they've been very effective when they have run the ball, but it just seems like, you know, it's third and one, they're in shotgun. It's first, you know, they get a penalty, it's first and five. They don't even go out of eye back. They go right to the shotgun and it's pass. It's just, and I don't, I'm not saying not passing, considering, you know, I'm a quarterback and a wide receiver. I don't mind throwing the ball. But I just think that they don't run the ball enough, and I think it's having a ripple effect on the offense. Adam, what's your diagnosis? What's wrong? I, I don't think passing the ball or not passing the ball is, is a factor. Here's the factor. Who's going to make a play downfield? This has been a constant problem after Matt Collins and Mike Wallace suffered their injuries. You know, talking to the Eagles in the offseason, their big issue was, let's add speed to the offense. If they could get the speed downfield, they're going to be fine. They don't have that right now. Uh, J- Jordan Matthews, God bless him, he had a great touchdown last the previous week. Where was he this, this past week? 
Okay, he's not an outside receiver. He's a jumbo slot receiver. Alshon Jeffrey is a physical go get the football, but he's he's not a nine route runner. They, they need someone to to, to lift the, the the secondary. You know that that's something that they wanted badly. And you see Carson Wentz holding on to the ball, holding on to the ball, holding on to the ball. You know what? Check the ball down, man. Check the ball down. He hates checking the ball down, and that's a criticism that I think is valid. I've heard from other people around the league is that he's a guy who wants to make a play every time. Take the easy play. Take the five-yard check down. Bill played, you know. If the running back is there, I mean, he, he also had he also had another play where you could see it on the all-22, and you could, we saw it from the press box. He's got Nelson Aguilar wide open to the right. He doesn't look that way because he's still looking downfield. I, I get that he has his eyes downfield. He needs to start to understanding the full field, not, not just downfield. So I think he could be better. As, as great as a quarterback he is, I think everyone can be better. I think we all set this up very well. Offensive, defensively, they all have a, they all have an issue. It's not one one area. This is this is what's been amazing about this 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 descent this team has had. You you can't point to one area of the football team, guys, and say that's it. If they fix that, they'll be great. And they're not. You, Bill brought up the coaching. Peterson's not done a very good job. Okay, the assistants. We could talk about that as well. There are all sorts of issues with this football team. To sum this up, that we didn't know about before the season started. For the most part. No, some we did talk about. I mean, I would like to think that we were out in front on discussing the lack of having Peterson and Flip there and what that would mean. I'm sorry, not Peterson and Flip, but Flip and Reich and what that would mean for Doug Peterson. And I I think we've seen that manifest itself in just game day decision making and also preparation. I agree kind of what, what Bill says from a Peterson standpoint in that when you have so many little things going wrong, penalties, miscues, that's about preparation. And I know that Doug can't go out there and carry out the play that he calls. He, he's not the one holding players. He's not the one lining up incorrectly. But that all comes down to coaching and preparation. But I also understand that you're limited somewhat by your personnel. You're right. They don't have a field stretcher right now. They have Alshon Jeffrey who creates separation with his body, but he does not scare safeties. He does not open up the field the way, say, a Deshaun Jackson does, and that's an issue. They've tried everybody. You just mentioned Jordan Matthews. Gift touchdown last week. He doesn't really stretch a field. Kamar Aiken, he is slow. Shelton Gibson stretches a field because he has speed, but then twice he gets called for illegal formation. So there's all these little problems. Mm. If I were to say, though, pick the one problem right now that you can rectify for the Eagles and you will see a difference, I would say the offensive line. Because right now, they are not. Jason Peters is playing like he's hurt or old or both. Lane Johnson, it's not that he's playing that bad, but last year if he missed a block and somebody got hit, they were able to compensate by scoring a lot of points. This year he misses a block against a guy like Steven Weatherly, who he shouldn't be missing against, and that leads to a fumble. And with the offense right now in no, with no cohesion, it stands out more. And they make a change at left guard, and they kind of get the same result anyway. Until they get right up front, and I do believe that starts with running the ball a little bit more uh, and a little bit more effectively – I don't see things changing. So that, to me, of all the concoction of things that are going on here, the offensive line must be right. And and that and I think it starts with because the, they're so predictable. And when you're trying to get deep, a lot of times you get deep. Very rarely do you have a wide receiver in this National Football League line up and just run a nine route past the guy. Nine times out of ten, it's off a blitz or it's off a of play action. And now because the Eagles aren't running the ball, they're not respecting the run play action. And now because they're not running the ball, they're not in these situations where the other team's got to take a chance and blitz. They're just going to step back and cover two and bump underneath and play zone over top. And it makes it very difficult for any receiver to get over top and get wide and get deep. 
I think you got to help them out because, because they're too predictable right now. And in order to become less predictable, you got to mix in some runs and be able to actually run the ball off those runs. Okay, so here we go. No, running game is an issue. All right, whether or not they run the ball enough, we can debate that until the Cowboys come home. But yeah. right now, your number one running back, Jay Ajayi, just joined the list of players mm. on injured reserve. He's out mm. for the year, he tore his ACL, and you are down to Wendell Smallwood, who we know struggles in blitz pickup, Corey Clement, who hasn't been healthy. Right, Darren Sproles, who's missed every game since the season opener with a hamstring injury, and Josh Adams, who got all of one carry against the Vikings and lost a yard on it. This is not a good situation. I mean, you're going on a short turnaround to play the Giants Thursday night. Who is getting the ball on Thursday night? So I think Thursday night it would be Clement should play. He was active for the last game, so he should play. Smallwood, obviously, who, who didn't look bad. It's just that not at all. you're not going to give him you know, 15 carries a game. Josh Adams is, is a big back. I think run design-wise, Mike Rowe, the OC, and, and Doug Peterson have to do a better job of, de- of designing and scheming up their offense, which is kind of what we're all saying. They all have, they have to do a better job at their job is, is trying to figure out ways to get the football upfield. Uh, that, to me, is those three backs. And by the way, they don't have a running back on the practice squad. So even if they add a running back by Thursday, that guy's not going to be able to practice. So the, whoever they sign or, or would trade for over the next couple weeks, you can't— you, the, the Le'Veon Bell thing is dead anyway, so you could put that to the side. So for this game, guys, you, they're going with what they have, and they've got to do a better job of scheming designing. Quite frankly, that's all they can do. Do you have to give the ball to Wendell Smallwood more than 15 times this game? As Corey Clement it went healthy, I like this kid, and I don't know if he can be a you know a 25-touch back kind of guy. I don't even know if that's what Doug Peterson wants which is, is strange to me, but do you believe that a healthy Corey Clement can be the lead back on this team going forward? I think it's still too early to tell on that. I think if he and Smallwood are, are healthy, I don't see why you can't mix up the uh, mix up the carries and mix up the snaps. You know, put them in there. They both have uh, pretty decent hands. They both can get to catch the ball in the backfield. Smallwood had a really good game catching it last week. So I think... Um, and he was able to catch the ball down the seam the game before, so he's able to get the secondary. We've seen Corey do the same thing, so I, I don't think that he has to be the uh, the identified back yet. But um, you know, I think they just need to figure out a way to run the ball a little bit more. I like to look at what other teams do when they're struggling because we always kind of tend to look at things through an Eagles prism, sure. right? So the Vikings didn't have Dalvin Cook on Sunday, and they were really down to running backs I've never heard of: Rock Thomas and who was the other guy? Adam, uh, uh, was it guy. Mike Boone? Mike Boone, yeah, Rock Thomas, and Latavius Murray, yeah. right? Yeah. And what I noticed that they did was, and this is John Filippo, the offensive coordinator, and this is one they have a very good passing game. I noticed a lot of tight ends kept in. I noticed a lot of running backs kept in. I wouldn't call it max protection, but they certainly kept more in. We know Doug likes five-man protections. Is it time for Doug to rethink his offensive strategy a little bit, understand the injuries plaguing his running back, and start to keep a few guys in more for the sake of offensive balance well, and Jeff, protection? Dallas Goddard played more than he we normally would, but he didn't really catch the ball very much. I Just watching him, he did some in line, some he went out for a pass, but as he saw when he was going out for a pass, he really got the football. I, I, I think it's a fair point. Uh, they've got to figure out some way to diversify the run game. See, that's the thing. It's not that they have to run it more. You should diversify it. You've got to scheme it up where the defense doesn't quite know what what you're going to do, which is what last year, my God, Doug's play calling was like right up there. Maybe if he wasn't the best play caller, certainly was one of the best last season. And Doug said it in his Monday press conference. He's got to do. It starts with him. He's got to do a better job here, preparing his football team and giving the defense something different. Wendell Smallwood, if if we remember last season, before Clement took his job, he was to be the main backup. And he just he underachieved. He didn't, and, and Clement took the job from him. He's pretty explosive. He's I, running hard this year. He I is. He that. is. He's more decisive. 
I think between Clement, if he's physically able to do it, who's more of a power back and an inside runner, tough runner, he's not explosive like Smallwood. Bill was talking about it. Mix those guys up a little bit. They unfortunately don't have Darren Sproles for the screen game. I'd be shocked if he played this week. He's he's in practice since uh, Wednesday of week two. So how could he? How could he be in a short week? Be available. So I think Doug's just got to do a better job of diversifying everything. And just to add to that point, when you are in a situation where your quarterback is getting hit, maybe your offensive line is having problems uh, pass protecting. And the other team is, is bringing the rush. You do these little things to slow them down and use it against them. Counters, screens, draws, traps. These are all plays that you do when you have a team that's rushing hard up the field. And you just let them rush up the field and take it and use it against them. And pretty soon, they'll slow the rush down. And it's also, you can got to vary your snap count. As a quarterback, that's another thing you got to pay attention to. You know, Everybody does say, well, about snap count. Well, you get in there and you say in the huddle, okay, hey guys, we're going to go on three. Because you'll see guys, by they're going to start going, they're going to start trying to time it up, and that's a big deal on the outside to try and get around the end. Vary your snap count. Mm. These are little things that will help you and help your offensive line. And once that happens, now you're in second and medium and second and manageable distance, down in distance. Sometimes when you have flawed players, and every player is flawed other than sure. you know, you're Tom Brady, the more you have to play, play a player who has flaws, the more those flaws are going to come out. So Wendell Smallwood, to me, has ran hard. And he has played better than last year. But, as you mentioned, Adam, he's not a guy that you want to play too many snaps because the flaws come out. And when the Eagles most need a guy to catch a ball, they're inside the 10, threatening to go in. He's left uncovered by a confused Vikings defense. Anthony Barr goes out to cover him, and then he goes back to the box, and Wendell Smallwood is right there. And Carson snaps the ball and throws it right to him. But Wendell's too focused on getting into the end zone and doesn't make the simple catch. That's an issue right now with so many injuries that they have, whether it's Jordan Matthews, whether it's Kamar Aiken, whether it's Smallwood, you ha- or, or going back to week one or two, DeAndre Carter, you have guys playing too many snaps for their talent and capabilities. And I would, I would also add this, the mental part of it on both sides of the football, this is what shocked me about this football team through five games. Last year, very few mental mis- mistakes, and any mistake they had, they would overcome it by a big play. You just wouldn't. You they were not very noticeable this year. They're sticking out like a sore thumb because they're this team is so, so they look they're very average. They look like an average football team. I know Jeff, you think the roster is great. We could debate yeah, I whether just think it's very talented. It's very yeah. it's talent. I don't know if it's as good as last year, but the fact of the matter is, it this should be on paper a ten or eleven win team. They're playing like a five hundred team or worse, and they're very lucky. They're in the awful division where no team has a winning record after five weeks. I mean, you got to be kidding me. So they're 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 bailed out from that, but. At some point, Bill, you you being a player at Pitt, and you were with the Eagles as a practice squad player, and you played under Buddy Ryan, who would not—I'm sure he didn't like mistakes. At what point do you start benching players? If for a guy, I know you coach a little bit too. At what point do you, you consider benching players if this stuff doesn't stop happening? Interesting question, Adam. Because there's this part about you know you put your arm around a guy to give him confidence and jumping his you know jumping does by and jumping his butt yeah. to get him motivated and you know you, it's that happy balance. When do you do it? Because you don't want a guy because your bottom line is you're trying to get a reaction. You're trying to get him to do better. So some guys can take the chewing out and some guys can't. And uh, I think that you know especially a quarterback, you're not going to chew him out you know in front of your teammates in a in a in a, in a, in a middle of a, a meeting. But if he comes off the sideline and he makes a mistake, you can say, hey, listen. I told you to throw to the run side. What are you doing? You know, don't check out of that. You know, let them know that this is. And I think that part of the problem with the Eagles right now, in my opinion, is that they think they got this guy, a quarterback, he's got a cape on. 
And I think what happens sometimes that other players relax and say, oh, he, you know, he's going to do it. You know, he's going to get out. And maybe they don't do it. I mean, of course, they don't say that to themselves. But their play doesn't um, show that they can play to the better of the level because they're saying to themselves, well, I got Carson there. Well, if they didn't have Carson there, they may be playing a little harder. They may be uh, Gary or Buck. They may think, I got to make this harder run. And I think that they're just relying too much on number 11. And it's shown by how many hits he's getting taken. You know, Bill, very quickly here, I do want to mention this. Last year... From talking to the Eagles, they they would say that the reason why the, the 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 team was so good before Wentz got hurt is no one wanted to bring the team down because Wentz was so good they wanted mm-hmm. to play to his level. This year, not only not playing to Carson's level, Wentz Jeff is not quite where he was last season before the injury. I don't think I, he's not he's good, but he's not great. No, so I far. think he's pressing a little bit. Uh, the first play of the game was an RPO, and he forced a pass to Alshon Jeffrey, who was covered when if he had actually handed the ball off to Ajayi there. And Doug Peterson pointed this out yesterday when Doug's getting butchered for the the pass run ratio, but sometimes he is calling for a run. Carson likes to pass. There was opportunity for Jay Ajayi to get yardage there, positive yardage, and then give them a great second down. So that brings up a really good. Now there's no Ajayi. Clement, we hope, comes back. Sproles, hope, comes back. Everybody hopes that this this receive, this running back core gets healthier. The receiving core has its own issue, and that's the player outs opposite Alshon Jeffrey, whether it's Gibson, whether it's Aiken, whether it's Jordan Matthews, is not somebody that's scaring a defense like Torrey Smith did last year. I think everybody's expecting right now that the Eagles are going to go out with all the money that they just saved in a Fletcher Cox restructure and go get a Le'Veon Bell or a running back. I don't know that. I don't know that. Adam, what do you think about the Eagles' next move? Because I know you've been talking to you to people around the league and with the Eagles. I think they're going to do something at receiver and or running back. Well, running back is more important right now because they lost a Jai for the season. I, I'm still on this this ability. They need someone who who could who could get downfield. That you, it, it's so much easier to cover a team when you're not worried about what they're doing downfield. As you guys said quite well, Jeffrey doesn't scare anyone. He's just great at going after the football. Certainly need that. He's a physical receiver. That's why they gave him a big extension. So I, I would expect them to do something at receiver before the trade deadline, which I believe is October 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern. So I think they'll add a receiver at some point if they can, if the right one becomes available, either as a street free agent or by trade. And running back, they don't have a choice. They have to add at least one person. Uh, the person's probably going to have to know West Coast terminology. Someone who could come in and know what they're doing, a veteran, a, signing a rook, signing like an undrafted free agent or a young player who can't come in and help, that wouldn't make any sense. So I would expect a veteran. Uh, my understanding on Monday, they didn't work any players out. Today is Tuesday. That's mm-hmm. the big workout day. And of course, they play Thursday. And again, no one they're going to add is going to play f- this week. But in the future, for weeks seven and eight and before they're, they're by, they need to add someone fairly quickly who who could get in and play and help them because I'm not going to say this thing is spiraling out of control. It's not. They're two and three in a really bad division, but at some point they've got to be a better football team or things could get really bad here. But again, it's only two and three. It's early. We're only in week six. They've got to get things going here and the personnel department's really going to help them. Okay. So I want to reemphasize what you just said because a lot of people think that the number one priority for the Eagles is to go out and get are running back, but it sounds like what you're saying is that don't be surprised if the Eagles go out and prioritize. If there's going to be a quote-unquote big name in whoever they get, it might be on the receiver side more so than the running back. Let's side. put it this way: they they're going to do both. If they have the opportunity to do both, it means the right guy is available who could help them. Uh, size at receiver would help. 
but certainly someone who could run. Who you, you again? Like I'll give I'll give you a name. I'm not saying they're going after Tyrell Williams of the Chargers, mm-hmm. but it's not a secret. Mike Williams is going to wind up taking this job. Mike Williams is a first round pick last year. He he missed training camp because he had he had a back issue. This this year's training camp, I was there for two days. He was awesome. Uh, former first round pick Tyrell Williams. I mean, his numbers are are limited because of Mike Williams. So that uh, Demarcus Robinson, who you mentioned on our podcast in the past, mm-hmm. Jeff, if I read you right, correct. Eagles had some interest in him. Yes, uh, he's a guy who's a backup for them, a good special teams player. Uh, he probably Eagles, would play more if they didn't have Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. And by the way, they run West Coast terminology, so yeah. he'd come here right away. That would make a lot of sense. So they got to do running back and wide receiver if they want to get their offense going. Running back, wide receiver. Is there any running back now? The name Le'Veon Bell keeps coming up with Eagles fans. Uh, Last week on the podcast, I reported that a Steelers organizational source told me that he had not heard about the Eagles reaching out to them. Despite the reports that were out there, I reported that this this Steelers organizational source said he had not heard of any Eagles contact with the Steelers about Le'Veon Bell. And then yesterday, on Monday, Adam Schefter reported that all the cap space is not intended for the Eagles to go after Le'Veon Bell. So is there another running back, though, that's out there? There were a few that popped in my head, like maybe a Tevin Coleman from the Falcons. Funny with the Falcons, rookie deal. Yeah, yeah, being out of it. Maybe a Duke Johnson from from Cleveland well, with Nick a, Chubb and Hyde. No, he, did he, he sign a contract extension? Yeah. I, I, it's uh, not a huge one, though. No, right? no. It's it, it certainly, he, boy, he would fit in here because he could really catch the football. His role is Kind of like I, I didn't quite understand. They drafted Nick Chubb, but yet they brought in Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. That was an odd deal. And then they extended Duke Johnson's contract. They are the Browns, but he know. would fit though. No, he would yeah. fit. He's exactly what they need: someone who could catch the ball, who could play on third down. So, I think when we sum this up, they're going to do something. It could be both positions, mm-hmm. because they, Bill, they have to get this offense going. It. I'm a little bit surprised that their offense has dropped off as much as it has. Yeah, I, I am as well. And it, it's, it's just so interesting to, to see here. I'm, I'm listening to you. Obviously, you have so much knowledge about what's going on uh, around the NFL. And I'm looking at the Eagles running back situation. I'm thinking how they use the running backs. And if Darren Sproles is, can get back on the field and is healthy, and they have Wendell, and they have Corey, and they have Josh, they're, they're not going to automatically, even, no matter who they pick up, they're not all of a sudden going to go to a 30-carry guy. You know, they're not going to run the ball. So my feeling is that, I, I mean, maybe being a receiver and a quarterback, I would love for them to find a guy out there that can go get it. And, and you mentioned earlier, Adam, why it's so important, and it's true. If you can get a guy that can get off bump and can really stretch and threaten that secondary deep, I go get him because that will open up everybody. It'll open up the middle of the field. That'll open up the little swing pass. That'll open up the running game. All these little things. And Adam, when you say that, you know the the reason is 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 not just because you're just saying it because you think you got to go up top. You know that the offense is lacking something, and that is a ripple effect. It's why they're 25th in you know yards per catch because they don't have a burner. Mm-hmm. They don't have a guy that can go get it's it. It's a problem, Jeff. Yeah, and they don't have the these numbers? big plays. That, that's been a big thing here. Is if you look at the statistics in terms of rank and category, they're so far down, and they've dropped off so much from last season. And I know Jeffrey, obviously, him being out before, and now he's back, is part of it. But Darren Sproles being hurt. The lack of explosive plays is shocking. I, this has been one of the bigger surprises this season. It, and it's hard to kill Howie because they had Mac Hollins. They drafted him. They were ready for his year two explosion. And just, it's not like they rested on their laurels. They went out and signed Mike Wallace, another field stretcher. And they had Shelton Gibson from the year before that they kept on the, on the team to groom. So they literally had three guys, right? They figured one of these guys pans out, then we got someone who can stretch and the field. And Bryce Treggs who got and hurt. And Brent Yes, but, but he's but always he, hurt, so right. he 
right. couldn't have if relied on him Had he made the much. team, at least they would have had guys who could run, which is what they told me. That it was their mantra is to get guys who can run. Right. It's a problem, man. Yeah, they're Make ravaged by injuries. They yeah, are and, ravaged by injuries. And I think I remember hearing Andy Reid talk about this, and I hear Belichick talk about it. This is, uh, if you want to be successful in national football, you have to have explosive plays offensively. Very rarely are you going to have teams that are going to have 10, 12, 14 play drives consistently and not be able to uh, have a turnover or get a stop and convert on third. These teams are so good defensively, you're not going to be able to continue to convert on third down. You just can't do it. So you need guys that can turn this flop to field, have explosive plays, have four play drive scoring, get off the field, and then you have a mix in a long drive and back. But if you don't have explosive plays, it makes for a long afternoon offensively. Just all you need to know is that the Eagles ran 17 plays in the first half against the Vikings. 17. Oh, that's they only the, the same ball number of, just over 10 minutes. Right, that's the, the same number of plays that they had on the their their go ahead possession against the Colts in the fourth quarter. Mm. That was a 17 play drive. Wow. That whole possession against the Colts was their entire So, so and I'll back Doug up here when, when when the fans are getting on for running football. Well, they just, they, they were all, for, number one they got behind, right. but the big thing is they just didn't have the football. So, yeah, yeah. this this team had it it's a, it's been a long time since we talk a lot a lot of negatives, but the reality is they're two and three and they're not a good football team. Right All right, so well, they have a game Thursday night, and normally if you're in kind of this mode where you've got to go back to the drawing board, at least you have a week to prepare for it. You might you know really go back into the archives. They can't. They have to play Thursday night. So I don't see a whole lot of radical changes. I don't see any personnel changes. They have to start practicing today, which is Tuesday for this game on such a short week. When you have things going against you, what can Doug do to get this ship righted with such limited time? Well, the good thing is they're playing a division foe who they know. So they've already schemed. They've already broke down film millions of times against these guys. So they know what they want to do to attack them. Now they have to figure out, you know, let's say they want to run off tackle. So they got to decide, do we run or run it in eye back? Do we run or run it in motion? Do we want to flip the tight ends? Do we want to shift before we run? But we're still going to run off right side. So there's these different things that you can do. And based on what the defense gives you, you might be able to get an edge on your blocking scheme depending on where they shade. So I think that the, the scheme will, will probably not vary too much. But they can mix in some things to help the offense get going early on. And I think that that means that you're going to see them probably try and run the ball a little bit more early on to maybe take the pressure off. And then when you... It, it, I think that why Doug was so effective last year is because he was dictating. He was constantly dictating the terms. Now it seems like he's always got to be looking at his clock and say, what's the down and distance? All right, I got to do this play. Not like he's saying, okay, guys, here's what we're running next he's play. handcuffed by their scenario. It's kind of handcuffed, okay. yes. How do they stop the penalty? It, with just few few days of practice, Adam, how do you think Doug eliminate some of the things that are just mind-boggling. The penalties, the lining up wrong, you know. Did, did Sean Gibson really, they both were on him, huh? I'm almost positive both that, were that on him. That is incredible. Including the last one, which was the, the most, you know, threatening one. I mean, I remember when um, Nelson Aguilar had the meltdown in, in uh, Seattle a couple years ago where he, it wasn't just the drop passes lining up correctly. You, that was Doug's story of this first year. There were just too many mental errors. The team underachieved a little bit. Last year was an incredible season of lack of, of issues and guys doing everything right. Now it's early, but when you go into this game, you face a giant team that, you know, their defensive scheme is a 34. They haven't played a 34 in decades, but they're mm-hmm. running a 34. under James Betcher, the former Cardinals D coordinator. But Bill's right. You kind of know, you offensively, you know that Pat Shermer runs a West Coast offense. He, they, they know Pat. He knows them. You kind of know what to expect. Their defense it actually has been competitive, but overall, the Eagles should be so pissed off in coming to this game I would be shocked if they lost. Totally shocked. I don't care if it's a short week. It's a, it's a it's a bus ride, a ninety minute bus ride. They should come out so pissed off. You're going to learn a lot about this football team. There's my mantra for this game. I agree. If they don't come out and smoke this team, if they lose, 
they're in, they're going to be in big trouble because they would be two and four, and we've we've all gotten this team wrong, and so is the organization because this this is not expected. So I'm going to tell you what I would do in this situation, putting my head coach hat on, but then I'll tell you what Doug Peterson's going to do. Mm. All right, what I would do, and this is just my own personal philosophy, and a little bit of learned from watching Andy adjust at times in the in the last few years of Andy here before it really hit hot rock bottom, like 2006, seven, eight. He would hit bottom and then figure out a way to regroup. He would almost regroup. It usually came after a bye week where everybody exactly. would soul search. Well, they don't yeah. have time here. So what I would do is kind of go back to basics. I would recognize that my team is just leaky in so many little areas that we need to get redefined. And what I would do is come out, kind of like what you said, Bill, and I would just ast- forget the RPOs. I'm not giving the quarterback the option here to decide whether he wants to pass or throw. I'm going to run the ball. I'm going to load up up front, keep two tight ends, and ro- run the ball. Get my offensive line going forward. Tell the Giants that I'm here to play smash mouth football. Get some football. confidence going. Right? Get some confidence yeah, going. Yeah. Yep, Set up okay. good down and distance for my quarterback, that. right? Yep, yep. I'm going to co- just – my philosophy is I'm going to walk or crawl before I walk. And then once I get that going, then I can open it up again. But you know what? Doug Peterson's not going to do that. You know why? <laughs> why? I, I'll tell you why. And I'm not making fun of the guy. Uh-huh. It's just that I don't think he sees two and three right now as rock bottom yet to make I that kind you. of adjustment. And B, I think he looks at the team and says, everything we're doing is fundamentally and philosophically correct. It's just that we're getting burned by one little block here or what we just need to clean it up and I believe that Doug has to lose again before he realizes that he's got to crawl before he walks. Uh, Jeff I was thinking of as you were speaking and and part of things uh, what I wanted to say answer your question was that was that Giant game last year when Elliott hit the field goal to win it? Was that yes. the game where they came out running like crazy after the Giants game? Was that well, the, they came out and ran more, yeah, because it was after the Chiefs game. Yeah, because right. here's what happened. The players went to Doug and they said, look, we got to run more. This is ridiculous. This is when the Eagles had the worst pass run ratio. It was 75 pass, 25% run for the first two games. So that's not sustainable. Correct. So they came out and run the ball, ran the ball like crazy against the Giants. So that's what I was thinking. Ironically, they're playing the same team. I, to answer your question... I thought maybe just to help their offensive line. I don't think their offensive line is confident right now. You heard Lane Johnson, who was very honest after this last game. And Jason Peters. Yep. And Jason Peters both talked very eloquently about what they need to do and they need to play better. And I, I, I really appreciate those guys. They're such professionals. Yep. Because sometimes players don't admit, hey, we need to be better. Yep. The ta- the, ta- the iron sky doesn't lie. They, they, they didn't, they've not played really. They haven't had one game where they've dominated. And Jeff, it, it's the strangest thing is, is, is you set this podcast up, and you're absolutely right. It's not just one area; it's everything. Plus, the coaches have to do a better job. It's yep. Jason Kelsey. It's the whole damn team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> where last year was the whole team playing well collectively, yeah. where they were yeah. not making the mental errors. Uh, Bill, as a former player, why is this so pervasive for the team? How, how do you explain this? It's you know, it's it's it just gets to be like a ripple effect, and like you know, last year you saw the Eagles. We're getting the breaks like they were. Yeah, yeah, remember true. we saw that yeah, stuff yeah. like that. We, we said like one play there that was a loss. That one play here that was a loss. The, now it seems like these plays now they're going against them. And they always say good teams make their own breaks. That's true. But you can also have a philosophy to help you make those breaks. And I just think I don't think it's time to pump because as Jeff pointed out, this roster is still one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. So they can still make the run to the playoffs. I just feel philosophically, in my opinion, watching it, they have a quarterback who's very good, but he's taking too many hits. Even the passes he's completing, 
I would say at least 75% of those passes, he's on the run. He's having to step up. He's getting pressure. So in my opinion, take some of the pressure off of him. Give some of the pressure off of the offensive lineman. Let him do a little smash mouth. Get some momentum. And I think you can build from there. All right. Mark my words. Doug Peterson will not change a thing for this game. And we'll talk about it when we, when we meet again next Wednesday night. Before we get out of here, Bill, yeah. I'm very curious. I always wonder what it's like old versus new, right? right. The Eagles are, have their backs against well, Adam, the Adam, you notice how he's going with this. I'm old. Right? Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm okay. older than you. Yeah, okay. You played for Buddy Ryan. And I know in the two years you were on the practice squad, one of the years you guys started off 2-3, and three. one of the years you guys were 2-0, and oh, and then we're 2-2. Two and two. What was Buddy like? When his team, like, what what was his mantra? What was his attitude? Give me your your buddy memory when the Eagles were had their backs against the wall. Well, Buddy was a bear to begin with. I mean, he just was a grovelly guy, you know. And he was always so I've heard, yeah. He was, and he was very defensive oriented. But he also liked guys who like were, were were down and dirty and were not afraid to get after it. Like he and that's the type of guys he liked to play on his football team. Whether you were playing special teams or running the ball or, or catching or playing defense. But he would turn it up, and you knew that after a loss, it was the locker room was going to get, you know, the locker room was going to get. And what I mean by that is, Buddy had this way about him where he knew how to turn the, the knife a little bit, and he would get after the defensive guys who then would get in this locker room. And when you walked in, if you didn't play well, you just did not want to go to the film because we had a bunch of guys. Think about that offense Seth Joyner, Wes Hopkins, Defense, Andre yeah. Waters, yeah. Jerome Brown, um, Eric Allen. Eric Allen. Uh, you know, you could go on and on and on. You, those guys were not only great players, they were probably the best trash talkers out there. And you did not want to be on the other side of that trash talking. So they would start this little competition. So what Buddy would do is he would turn up the competition in practice. So he wanted the competition and practice to almost be tougher than that next week's game. So he wanted you guys to be competing. If you lost, you knew you were coming in on Monday and Tuesday and you were going to not only watch film, and let me tell you something, when you watch film, when the national anthem was played, you had your helmet buckled, it was on your right-hand side, and you were looking straight ahead, and everybody was in single file. I'm not kidding you. When you started watching film, if you did not do that, you either were cut or you were fined or it was a long day for you. That's when you knew he was getting upset because he would show the national anthem before the film room mm, would start. Wow, wow. He was that serious. Then you knew as he would go and then he would just get after you. I remember one time we were fighting. And most times now, guys, in fights, you know, they blow it up. Practice. This is practice. Yeah. Blow the whistle. You know, break it up, break it up, break it up, right? I'll never forget this. Buddy blows the whistle and I was with number 13. He literally said to me, one, three, one, three, get out of my way. I got to see this. He wanted to watch the scrum. He wanted to watch the fight. He wasn't, he wasn't saying one thing get out of my way, I'm breaking this up. He was like, one, three, get out of my way, I got to see this. And that's what he did. He just built this wow. anger. And a lot of times, you were you hated the defense. Right. Now that's you, what he did. He yes. the offense against the that's defense. Right. Yep. That was Competition. What iron for. sharpens yeah. iron, as Doug yeah. Peterson would say. Yeah. All right, before we get out of here, no score, just give me a prediction. Giants or Eagles? Eagles win big. Eagles, I, Eagles win 21-17. Sorry, guys. Giants. Really? Eagles wow. need, I think Doug's got to hit rock bottom before he makes uh, wholesale changes. So we'll see. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to thank the Go Birds Network. Thank WIP. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Kaplan NFL, NFL right? for Adam, at Ozzy underscore football for Billy Osborne and me, Jeff Mosher, at Jeff Mosher NFL. We'll catch you guys next week.